Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, owner of Creek Road Pottery in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. Pull up your chair around the wheels. We discuss topics concerning the art and craft of pottery, good books, storytelling, marketing, and creating work that matters for folks who care. Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. This is episode 16 of season 2, and it is the day before Christmas Eve. So I hope that everybody uh, has an amazing holiday season. Uh, Hanukkah was a little bit early this year, so it does not fall during the Christmas season. But I wanted to say to all my Jewish friends out there, uh, hope you had a wonderful Hanukkah holiday. And to those who celebrate the Christmas season, Merry Christmas to you and to everybody, a Happy New Year. So, I know that there's at least three of you who are firing out pots right now, tonight, to get ready for the holidays and to the gift-giving for family and others. And I hope those firings go well tonight. And I hope that Christmas morning, when your kiln cools, all the pots will have turned out amazing, right? We've all done it. We've all been there. And then others, and others are just finishing up. You might be unloading a kiln. You might have unloaded a kiln this morning, and everything might have came out. Or... It was a huge disappointment, right? So you need to put IOUs in some cards, right? And that's okay. Because we don't make pots for everybody, just the people who care. And if they care, they'll be understanding, I'm sure. Right? That's part of what we do. So I am in the... I'm in the Creek Road Pottery office, if there is such a thing. And I am getting ready to do some writing and to do a little bit of reading. I have the new book, By My Hands, by Florian Gadsby. Uh, He's one of my favorite potters. And uh, mainly I enjoy his work because of his production style. Um, I really admire how he does all his production work and shows us all how he does it on videos that are done in excellent ways and also he documents almost everything he does and he's great at writing blog posts and letting you see a glimpse of his world which is amazing so both him and Simon Leach do this pretty well they're both really great potters who have for years showed us how to make their pots So that's pretty amazing. So that's going to be an interesting read. And also, I wanted to start doing some direction setting. And I am probably going to start filling out the Google Calendar for next year. Um, I have two ways that I do the direction setting. I do the Google Calendar. And then I also do the Get to Work book. And that's a planner workbook that I buy every year. And 
it's been a great help and there's lots of pages in there and lots of goal, goal setting and all kinds of things that are pretty amazing. So I am almost ready for the holiday season. We just got back from food shopping and uh, friends, the grocery store was crowded. And a funny thing was I thought that today was Christmas Eve. And tomorrow, Sunday, was Christmas. But my wife informed me that I was wrong. So I got everything together uh, a day early because I was procrastinating. But also, I was thinking of the wrong day. So I have a few gifts to get together. Um, Handmaidy uh, to my sister and to my brother-in-law. And then I have... Uh, a gift to my nephew, and then um, a money gift to my dear parents. We're getting older, and uh, I love them very much, and they can always use money to spend how they would like, so I get mom flowers and a nice card, because she still loves cards, and she's the old-timey type who loves cards with a lot of writing on it, she says. Mom is 88, so... I'm sure to give her a card and flowers along with some money. And then um, dad, dad already has probably every tool. So I'm giving him money and uh, I'm sure they'll be able to use that any way that they would like to. So had some water in the basement last week. We, we got plenty of water and um, it came up into the basement a little bit. And so I had about an inch of water on the floor. I have the dehumidifiers running down there right now. And let's just say the floor got a good cleaning. And it was a cleaning that really should have been done last month. But uh, nature decided to come in and clean it itself. So thanks goodness for that. So... Sometimes a tragedy is a blessing, guys. So I have the dehumidifiers going, and it's almost dried out down there now, except for except for a few areas that uh, need some work. We had some cats that needed to go to the vet last week, and we took them there. Uh, we took in... A neighbor's cat where the lady passed from old age and they sold the house so we weren't sure if that cat had a home and they sold the place new owners came in didn't know anything about it so we adopted the cat and took it into the vet got its shots so now we're trying to acclimate it in with the other cats and prior to this cat showing up I got my wife a gift of a kitten. And so we now are up to four cats. And we only probably can manage three. But an extra cat is okay to have. And the kitten is a lot of fun. It's been running around. It's been knocking things off my bookshelves. I have fairly high bookshelves. Uh, and the cat climbs up the bookshelf ladder and knocks things and 
He likes watching cat TV. So I put on the birds. And the cat will sit there and watch the birds for a couple hours. That's so I can get a break. So I haven't been doing too much flies in the pottery. Um, I have plans to start early. Um, I hope to start the Valentine vase run uh, early this year and get those posted, fired out and posted by um, probably the third week of January. So people have time to order those and me to get them sent out to the folks who buy those. And I also, in scheduling, uh, want to schedule in a few um, specialty runs, um, either plates or beer mugs and different things that I normally don't do. And then I need to get ready for the March spring show on the bunny trail. So all those things are coming down the line and it's going to be pretty amazing. So I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to, I'm going to tell a story that I wrote for last month's blog post. So if you read that blog post, then you already know what the story is going to be. And if you haven't, um, feel free to listen in, right? So with the Pottery Updates, I write fiction stories about my hometown. And growing up, I listened to Prairie Home Companion and Garrison Keillor and storytellers like that. And it was quite amazing. Uh, our religious denomination, uh, my parents were affiliated with, did not allow us to have television. So we did a lot of reading and listening to the radio. And my grandfather and grandmother, who lived next door, would listen to the ball games of the Yankees on AM radio. And uh, so that was pretty amazing to hear and to sit with them as you listen to the peepers outside on the summer nights and listen to the, to the slow game of the Yankees playing on the radio. But I'm going to read that story, and hopefully you enjoy it, and hopefully you all have a great holiday season, and best wishes to the coming new year, and I hope that you make loads of pots that matter uh, for people who care. Greetings, friends. Uh, gather around here in the office. There's plenty of room. Some of y'all can slide down, make room for others. I'll pour you a drink, a nice Christmas drink, and hot chocolate for those who like traditional hot chocolate, and a beer, a Christmas beer for those who like to sip a nice brew. This is a story that I wrote way back on December 7th, 2023. And it's entitled, Elijah's Chair. And this is a fiction story about my hometown, and I hope you like it. The heavy loaded train slowed its speed as it entered the sleepy little town of Laceyville, Pennsylvania. Its horn echoed across the river, through the cornfields, and over the mountainside as it entered the straits. Hobo Smokey 
tossed his pack gently from a rocking sander car. It made the light jump to the ground on the hard railroad gravel. The train cars clicked by and squeaked as Smokey brushed himself off, then walked back to find his pack. Getting too old for this shit, he muttered under his breath. Hobo Smokey found his pack, did a quick check to be sure he still had all his gear. He slung it on his back and started walking down the tracks into town. The whole village was dark. Even the street, street lights were out. He walked using his small flashlight towards the right choice diner. Smokey was able to make out one small light coming from the tin shed under the rickety steps that led up to the screen door of the little restaurant. Smokey heard the voice of owner and cook Big Jimmy from inside the little shed as he made his way closer in the dark. Damn it, Buttons. Can you hold the light still so I can see to clean this spark plug wire? You're shaking like a leaf. How about shining it where I'm working and not all over the place? I'm trying, Big Jimmy. My hands are colder than a penguin's butt. Hurry up, would you? Groaned Buttons. Shh. Thought I heard something. Who's out there? Yelled Big Jimmy. Hey, it's me, Smokey. What's going on? What happened to the lights? The town late on paying the electric bill? Hey, hobo Smokey, old boy. Great to see ya. On your way up to Athens to see your daughter and grandson for the holidays, I take it? Yes, sir. Strong like a weed. Caught a northbound into the Mahoopany Exchange. Got in about six. And caught a sander car out around eight. So made good time, I would say. Why no lights, Jimmy? Well, they say a load of stone lost its brakes coming out of the quarry up on Sam Hill. Took out one of the main power lines when they hit the light pole. Big Jimmy turned back to work on the spark plug. So me and Buttons here, trying to get this generator fired up so things in the diner freezer don't thaw out before morning. That is, if my guy here can hold the damn light still. I'm trying, Jimmy. Just hurry before my hands freeze off, whines Buttons. Smokey looked over Button's shoulders as Big Jimmy fumbled with the sandpaper and the wire. Well, there's your problem right there, Jimmy. That there spark plug is cracked. Might have one here in my pack. Shine the light over here, Buttons. Might be the right size, too. Maybe. Hobo Smokey reached into the back pocket of his pack, pulled out a spark plug, and handed it to Big Jimmy. Now, Hobo Smokey would collect all types of things that he's seen in his travels, if he thought he could use it, small tools, pieces of rope, wire, nails, jewelry, half-smoked cigarettes, and cigars if they were dry. Also, riding the rails allowed him to see a lot of things and work a lot of different short-term odd jobs, like a day worker picking cabbage, painting barns, dishwashing, or his favorite, cleaning small engines at a used lawnmower shop in Kentucky. Well, let me back this here one out quickly and see what we got, said Big Jimmy. He wrenched out the cracked spark plug and held it next to the one Smokey gave him. He compared them both side by side in his big hands. He then screwed in the good one and reattached the plug wire. Smokey, I'm not even going to ask how you do that shit, but this is like the fifth time you showed up just in time, somehow, with just the right thing. Now I'm going to pull this here cord. And if this damn thing starts. 
I just might give you a big bear hug. That is, unless that would make you feel uncomfortable. Well, I don't need a hug for some old spark plug I found on the tracks, Jimmy. Just pull the damn cord and see, will you? Buttons here needs a hug more than I do. It might warm him up a bit. Bullshit, I don't need any hugs, Smokey. Last time Big Jimmy here hugged me, happy, I almost had three broken ribs and a collapsed lung. And that was when I won the Super Bowl pull over at Millie's Bar. Come on, Jimmy, pull the rope. I'm freezing. Big Jimmy pulled the rope. The engine sputtered a bit and died. With the second pull, the engine roared to life. The lights in the tin shed shone bright. The windows of the right choice shone in the night with a soft, warm glow. And Buttons took off running to avoid a big happy hug from Jimmy. Well, that's that, said Big Jimmy, smiling. Jimmy felt his phone buzz and ring. He pulled it out of his pocket with his big hands and looked at the screen. It was the preacher. Hey, preacher, how are things? Yeah, I got the generator going over here. How much stuff you need to keep cool till morning? Yeah, yeah, sure. I have room over here in the cooler. Yeah, we can have the dinner here if we need to. Yeah, it'll be warmer. Okay, I'll bring Smokey and Buttons with me to help move things if I can find the guy. Okay, yep, yep. Alright, see you in five. Bye. Jimmy turned to Smokey. Let's find Buttons and get the truck. The preacher has his Thanksgiving charity dinners for about 200 people over at the church. We need to move it all to my cooler in the diner before it goes bad. With that, they all went to work like a well-oiled machine. They finished moving all the food late into the night, as it took a few trips. After, Big Jimmy made some hot chocolate for them all, before each went their separate ways. Hey, thanks, Jimmy, for all the help again. I had all that food ready to go tomorrow, and I just had to warm it up in the morning. Then the electric went out. You had just enough space in that there cooler, said the preacher. Smokey, nice to see you, sir. And Buttons, thanks for helping out. You're a fine young man. Your father would have been proud of you. Well, you're welcome, preacher, said Big Jimmy, taking a sip of his hot chocolate and wiping his mouth with the back of his hand. If you need to go up, if you need to do up the dinner here tomorrow, that'll be fine. We can send someone out to let folks know, and if others want, they can bring a little of what they have if they wish. Yeah, that sounds great, Jimmy. I also need to check on a few older people in town if the lights are still out. I always feel bad if folks like Mrs. Blanchard needed help with anything, and we didn't know. It's not terribly cold out yet, but cold enough. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Jimmy. Maybe we can do Thanksgiving here from noon to three if we need to. Have a good night, guys. I'm beat. That sounds great, preacher. See you tomorrow. And with that, they all went their separate ways with plans to meet in the morning. A light rain fell when Buttons and Hobo Smokey knocked on old Mrs. Blanchard's door for a wellness check. As the door slid open, the scent of hot apple pie was carried on the breeze. Hello, Mrs. Blanchard. Big Jimmy sent us over here to see how you were doing with the electric still out and all. It smells like you're doing okay. Buttons, how have you been? I have not seen you in quite some time. You look just like your father. He sure was a nice, happy man. And Hobo Smokey, it's been about a year. How's the grandbaby? 
Why, thank you, Mrs. Blanchard. I still do miss him, said Buttons, looking down. Grandbaby's almost walking now, Mrs. Blanchard. I hope it hop a train in the morning to see the little guy, said Hobo Smokey. That's great to hear, Smokey. You sure grow up fast. Well, I need to go. I have a pie to get out. I've been baking in the gas oven to warm the place up until the lights come back on. How are things over town? Well, still no lights. Big Jimmy has a generator going and plans to warm up the charity dinner for Thanksgiving for the church there. He wanted us to invite the townspeople over if they had no lights and didn't want to eat alone. He said folks could bring a dish to pass if they liked, but it's up to you for sure. That sounds like a great idea, said Mrs. Blanchard. That big Jimmy sure is a nice man, and I'll try to make it over. It'd be so nice to see everyone. What time's the dinner start, Buttons? It's from noon to three, Miss Blanchard, and if you bring the pies I smell here, well, I might have a piece or two. A timer ding was heard from back in Mrs. Blanchard's warm kitchen. Well, it's time to get out the pies. I'll talk to you gentlemen later. Mrs. Blanchard closed the door, and Buttons and Hobo Smokey made their way door to door through the quiet town, inviting folks to the big town Thanksgiving dinner at the Right Choice Diner. The last stop was at the new bakery in town, the kosher oven. That's where the rabbi made bread and bagels. Buttons cupped his hands around his eyes as he pressed against the big window to see if anyone was inside. He saw a soft glow and a warm light in the back. He thought his hobo Smokey knocked on the door. The rabbi answered and unlocked his shop. Good morning, gentlemen. How can I help you? Good morning, Mr. Rabbi, sir. Big Jimmy from up at the diner up the street wanted us to tell you we were having Thanksgiving dinner, and if you wanted to stop by, being that the lights are in town are out, and all, Mr. Rabbi, sir, you could. Buttons was a bit nervous as the rabbi was new in town. He was never met a rabbi before. Everyone here in town was a bit Baptist with Methodist sprinkled on top because the Methodists had to use the Baptist church for services when their own church burned down to a lightning strike three years ago. To save an argument, it was decided by the town council that the strike was not public, to be publicly called an act of God, so as not to promote the idea that the good Lord favored one denomination over the other, even though some in town may have thought so. Why, thank you for the invite, gentlemen. My name is Rabbi Asher Jehiel, but you can call me Rabbi Asher if you like. Who might you two be? Well, they call me Buttons. They call him Hobo Smokey. It sure smells nice in here, Rabbi Asher, sir. Well, come on in, guys. No need to stand out in the rain. I was just baking up the last of the bread and planned to take the rest of the day off. What time is the dinner? Sounds like a really nice way to finally get out and meet the town folk. Buttons took off his hat as they stood in a warm storefront. The rabbi was almost as tall as Big Jimmy. He wore round glasses and a white apron dusted with flour over his black shirt and pants. His stomach stuck out some. His big smile showed his big bushy beard that altogether gave Buttons the impression that he was a jolly man. It all starts at noon, rabbi, sir. And Big Jimmy over there at the diner says you can bring a thing or two to pass if you wish, but don't feel obligated. Well, that sounds wonderful. I'll bring over some of this fresh bread I just got out. Any word about when the electricity will be back on? No, not yet, Rabbi, sir. 
The power company is working at, upon Sam Hill Quarry. No news yet on anything. Well, it was nice chatting, sir. Smokey and I have more stops to make, so we better go. Hope to see you later, Mr. Rabbi, sir, said Buttons, turning to leave. Well, here's something for the road, gentlemen. It might warm you up inside. The rabbi handed Buttons and Smokey a warm slice of freshly baked bread. With that, they walked back towards the diner to help Big Jimmy set up table and chairs. Everything for the diner was ready at noon sharp at Big Jimmy's direction, and the food and the town folk brought to pass was laid out on the table. The setup looked amazing as the generator hummed outside, providing warm lights and heat that added to the comfy feeling of Thanksgiving holiday. Once everyone was seated, Big Jimmy came out of the back and asked for everyone's attention. Thanks for coming, everyone, and I hope you all are doing okay with the lights out and all. Pastor Manfield here has a few words to say before we eat. Floor is yours, preacher, said Big Jimmy as he ducked back into the kitchen. The preacher stepped forward. First of all, I would like to thank the good Lord we're all here today, alive and well, even though the town has been dark since last night. Thanks again to the Clapper Farm for donating the turkeys and potatoes this year. Thanks also to the Davis Sawmill for donating gas money to make the dinner deliveries to those who are shut in. Thanks also to everyone who helped out to make the dinner possible, and to Big Jimmy and his staff for cooking and letting us use his diner here at the right choice. Thanks to the good Mrs. Blanchard for these beautiful pies, and the good Rabbi Asher standing beside me now for the great smelling bread. Now I'd like to give the Rabbi a chance to say a few words before I say the blessing for the food. Rabbi Asher? The Rabbi nodded and began to speak. I'd like to start off by saying thanks to everyone in town who has made me feel welcome here over the last few months. Thanks to Pastor Mansfield and Jimmy for helping me feel right at home by helping me set up the bakery and move the big ovens in. I'm not sure if it is by design or by chance. There is only one chair left there in the back. In Judaism, we may refer to that empty seat as Elijah's chair, which is primarily associated with the Passover Seder, a ritual feast that marks the beginning of Passover. In Jewish tradition, Elijah the prophet is a biblical figure who is believed to herald the coming of the Messiah. Elijah is seen as a symbol of hope and redemption, but it can also be saved for the stranger to sit among us. At times we may find ourselves strangers, so it is important to treat others as we wish to be treated. This can be one of the hardest things to do and may take practice. Like Elijah's chair can represent hope and anticipation for a peaceful and redeemed future, Thanksgiving also can be a time to express hopes for a better world and to commit actions that bring about positive change. Just as the extra seat for Elijah can symbolize open-hearted hospitality, Thanksgiving is also time for welcoming others into our homes and being thankful for the blessings we have. Families might choose to set an extra seat at their Thanksgiving table as a symbol of hospitality and openness to those needing a place to celebrate. In Torah, Leviticus 19.34 reads, The stranger who sojourns with you shall be as a native from among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So thank you, everyone, for your kindness and hospitality. 
even though we all might be different and strangers in many ways. Pastor Manfield, back to you. Pastor Manfield then asked everyone to bow their heads and began saying the blessing over the food. The door to the right choice slowly opened, and Hobo Smokey slid in like a wet cat, taking the last open chair at the table in the back. Looking around and noticing the preacher was saying grace, he took off his hat and bowed his head. The rain dripped off his face. The rabbi smiled. Now there may not have been a rabbi, a big Jimmy, or a hobo Smokey, but somewhere someone was sitting down in Elijah's chair because they cared. Do justice, love mercy, be kind to the stranger, and maybe things will work out. This is my story of my town, so I get to tell it how I like. So thanks everyone for stopping by and hopefully you enjoyed that story. Wanted to wish everybody once again happy holidays and a happy new year.